So I had a thought about work-life balance. I was on my run today and I was thinking about this quote that went viral last year and it says, women are supposed to work like they don't have children and mother like they don't work outside the home. And it's so impactful for me because when I had my daughter, I had to go back to like a full-time job, working salary, um, at least minimum 40 hours a week, but oftentimes even more than that. And it was awful. Like I just remember feeling so sad leaving her and then also feeling like I wasn't able to give 100% at the job that I was doing. Um, and I'm an overachiever, so I like to do everything at 100%. And knowing that I just couldn't do that, it was awful. Like it was just really hard to navigate that. So the quote, I think hit me, um, uh, what you reminded me of the quote, I should say, um, the difficulty of going back to work after having kids. And um, what it really reminded me of too is like the mental load. My experience of being a mom and a working woman was very opposite of my husband's experience of being a dad and a working man. And I sort of attributed my first year or two that it was the hormonal changes. Like my body changed at a completely cellular level and I thought maybe this is because I'm just trying to get back to normal. So all of these like difficulties and these weird feelings and everything was just me um, trying to like renormalize. I was still nursing. So, um, but then as time went on, I was like, no, this was not just a me issue. It was actually a societal issue. And I didn't know how to wrap my head around that only because I don't think people talk about this. I don't no. think that they discuss it. I am. Um, I heard this really cool, um, example given one time that said, you know, when a guy is out, with his friends, nobody asks who's watching your kids. Yes. But when moms are out, yep. it's it's like a question. Oh my gosh, you can't like, do anything. You can't yeah. do anything when you have a child who's without got people your kid? being right. Where's your kid at? Oh, and it's always the judgment. Like I feel that all the time, especially being a single mom. So it's like if I do anything on any time that is my time, people are like, Oh, well, why couldn't you just do that when you don't have her? Which I have her most of the time. So for me, that's like then I literally would have no time yeah. to do anything. But it's like it got to the point with me with my running, I even thought to myself, like I feel bad asking somebody to watch Amelia for an hour for me to go run, which is doing something for my physical and mental health. And I still feel guilty about that. Like, it's like, we just feel guilty about everything all the time. Oh my gosh. Mom guilt is super real, but like, you know, kind of back to the work-life balance thing. You know, we, our husbands and boyfriends and they're, they don't have the same expectations. Mm -hmm. Not that they don't have any expectations. Cause I'll tell y'all right now, I did marry one of the good ones and you know I mean he works with no problem um, but he doesn't check with me to be like hey I'm not gonna be home till 730 tonight I don't know what time he's gonna be home until 430 when I'm off work and I call and I say hey what time are you coming home so that I know when to get dinner ready and we're not like a traditional household either but just not having that responsibility to like make sure that we know each other's schedules all the time is such a luxury that he doesn't get it Yes, and I am actually, I just had this conversation, Amanda came over because uh, I will also say again, I did marry one of the wonderful ones. He's a wonderful father, wonderful husband, but this is where I do think you're right about society because um, he was running late and we were planning on leaving my house at two to come here and he texted me and was like, I'll be there at 11. <laughs> and not that 11 minutes is a big deal, but it's a theme of... I will, somebody will ask me, oh, can you do this? Do you want to go do this on the weekend? Do you want to go to a musical with me or whatever? And I'll say, oh yeah, sure. Let me just go ahead and check with Mike to make sure, you know, it's okay. Not like, okay, like, can I go? But more so that he didn't make plans. And that is not something that's somewhat reciprocated. He will just enter. He doesn't see anything in our shared calendar. He'll just enter it in and do it. There's no sort of like worry in his brain of, let me make sure the girls are taken care of because he knows that I'm going to be taking care of them. Correct. I think 100%. that it's a, it's so true. Like when women are involved, especially moms, it's like everybody loses their brains for a second. It's like, yes. let's just let the moms handle it. Like they got this for sure. No, um, absolutely. And it's funny, Rach, you know, you're talking about, about this because Andy and I were just talking and actually, I think we were talking with you the other night when you were here. Um, about when my mom had a stroke and she was in Wyoming and I went to go live in Wyoming for three months. Again, I married to a wonderful man who was like, absolutely, <laughs> go spend this money, go live in Wyoming, right? <laughs> Take care of your mom. Um, but while I was in Wyoming, I was still working full time. 
I was still paying our bills that get paid for the house because um, that's like my portion of the finances. Um, I was still making sure that Caleb had places to be, had places to go. I would physically fly home to Baltimore, meet them at BWI, and fly Caleb across the country to like Texas to go see my parents or whatever, and then go back to take care of my mom. And so like I was doing this all the time, and he was like here. And then I remember getting a phone call, and he was literally like, hey, hon, you know how I said that um, I would never remarry if something happened to you? Yeah, I'm going to marry the first woman that looks at me. <laughs> like, you physically couldn't do it. And I was like, you weren't even, like, doing the whole thing, though. Like, you didn't have to worry about who was going to pick him up from school. Or you didn't have to worry about if he had a dentist appointment. Like, you just literally went to work and existed, and other people came around you and right. supported he you. He did what you told him to do. Yeah. Which, honestly, is... <laughs> I mean, so, in part of the dating world, everybody always says the bar is so low. And it's true. Like, on, unfortunately, the bar is, like... <laughs> In the sand for men. Like, basically, if you are existing and, like, doing good things, like, you're an A-plus man. But anyway, that's besides the point. It is just wild. Like, they could not – I don't think they could live without us. But it is, like – the same thing goes to say, though, for work. It's, like, men go to their jobs, and there's no expectation about when they're going to be home or if they're going to be late or whatever the case may be. And, like, even, like, managers or bosses, like, they just expect that – the men will do that and they don't have to worry about the kids. And I almost feel like too, even if it's like you have kids and the managers are respectful of you being a mom, it's almost kind of like, look, it's almost kind of like a patronizing thing. Like, Oh, well, are you sure you can do that? Like you have to, don't you have to be home for your kids? Like, or they don't want to give you that promotion because they know that you have kids. Like even if they say it's not that because it's illegal, you know, there's all these like biases that they have. Oh my gosh, I 100% have to tell you like something illegal that relates to that. I so I'm a teacher. I got furloughed. I've actually been furloughed twice, which is like super sad, but whatever, it worked out. Um, so my first furlough was from a city district, and um, I was so so sad, so incredibly sad. And I wanted to um, remain with the um, community because I really connected with the students. Um, so. What a bunch of people were furloughed, so I went to a job interview for a charter school that was also within the city. Um, and at this interview, I was shocked because I know several people interviewed for the same job that I did. I'm by trade an English teacher, so um, I know that there were at least two other women and a male. And we came together after the interview because some of the questions, which are illegal, so if anyone asks these questions, were I didn't understand them at first. It was, um, is there anyone in your household with a birthday after yours? Are you serious? I'm dead serious. And I, I didn't understand fully. And I was like, well, no. Is And then it was, is there anyone in going to be in your household with a birthday um, younger than you? And I was like, um, so I, they're trying to get around it. They're, they're trying, trying to get, to get around right. it. And I, so finally, after they had asked me three different ways, and I said, are you asking me if I'm pregnant or if I have children? And they're like, well, we're not allowed to ask you that question. Of course you're not. And I said, well, I'm not going to answer the question. And after we came together, I found out that that same set of questions were asked to the other woman who was interviewing for the same position, but not the male. Oh, my gosh. There were no questions asked for him about parenting or being a parent. Mm-hmm. And it didn't hold as much weight then because, my God, I was, like, what, 25 years old? I was young. I didn't really, like, understand much about it. I didn't have kids, so um, it wasn't, like, I wasn't offended in any way. But I was just, like, wow, I really know that this is illegal. Yeah. And that you're concerned about my ability to do my job just because of whether or not I have a child. Yeah, but I will say that's impressive that at 25 you recognized that and you stood up for yourself and you said, I'm not going to answer that question. Because, 100% because I wouldn't Right, have. I wouldn't. I, like, I would have. I would have answered the question. I would have been like, I mean, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I would have yeah. thought no, about but it I after. No, so but soon, yeah. and then I wouldn't have gotten the job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also a sad reality. Yeah. A sad reality that, like, we it's so it's so incredibly difficult like i i do know when i was i found out i was pregnant with the twins and i was in the middle of transitioning i really thought i wanted to leave teaching i was actually going to leave teaching until i found out that i was pregnant with them but i was going to interviews and i remember trying to hide because i started to um my stomach started getting bigger faster than normal of a first pregnancy because there were two in there and um i didn't know how i was going to hide my stomach going into interviews Mm. And um, I think it's because the weight of the 
motherhood duties fall on the woman. Um, my, I mean, outside of like nursing and stuff, but um, it's assumed that they will be the ones who will take off when they're sick or um, will do sort of like all of the things needed. And it actually did prove true because my husband is on a sabbatical this year. He's also a teacher. And um, my he took a sabbatical because my girls have half-day kindergarten. And when the school was calling for any type of issue, whatever it might be, they were calling me. Mm-hmm. Even though they knew that he was off and not working this year, I was getting phone calls in the middle of the day. And I sort of recognized the number because I hadn't memorized they were in kindergarten. But I was like, why are they calling me when they know that my husband is at home and he's not working? Because the default is always to go to the mom. And right. it's always to go to the mom because she will have the answers or know what to do, I think. Right, 100%. Yeah, I mean, and I don't want this to sound like we're just like bashing society for its preference for men it's not just men i mean let's let's just acknowledge for a second that it's really sad that a job has the right or has the preference to be able to demand that little level of dedication out of anybody be it man or woman like what if you're a single dad Mm -hmm. you know um what if your kids get sick what if your wife and your kids are hit, you know, in a, in a car wreck and you have to take care of them? Like, there's all sorts of scenarios that don't have a preference for men. But it's also things like the disabled community. Yeah. People who have chronic illnesses. Yep. Um, people who need to take FMLA for surgical reasons that don't have anything to do with childbirth. There's this whole um, kind of attitude in not just the corporate world, but in the world in general, that we're meant to work. I feel like it's mostly America, though. Like, I feel like oh, other yeah, countries, sure. like, yeah. it's like they have the luxury of, like, they, they work, like, you know, four or five hour days, and they don't yeah. care. Like, I think, honestly, one thing siestas. the pandemic... <laughs> yeah. Oh, siestas. I know, seriously. The one thing the pandemic, I think, taught us or companies or whatever is that people can be just as productive, if not more productive, mm-hmm. working from home. And so, like, mm-hmm. that kind of, I think, is shifting the scale a little bit. And I almost think it's interesting because when I listen to other podcasts or watch documentaries or whatever, people are always talking about, like, oh, do you work from home? Like, it's, like, a common question now, whereas before that was, like, considered, like, a main luxury. Um, But anyway, I just think, yeah, it's totally true that it's, like, in America, we don't have a work-life balance at all. Like, not even just with motherhood. I mean, it's just everybody's just expected that you're going to work all the time. One of the first questions you ask when when you're dating, when you meet new people, is what do you do? Like, that's, like, everybody's just transitioned or... And that's like such yeah. an American thing. Right. I was watching I think... one of the stand-up comedians on the Facebook reel stuff, mm-hmm. and um, he was talking about how like it's just so weird to him that that's so common. Right. He's like, we would have all kinds of conversations about, you know, what are your values like? What kind of music do you listen to? Um, you know, trying to find these common grounds. And he's like, it would you wouldn't ask somebody that like it's rude to it's ask so somebody odd that. right yeah literally and we're like, like, like what yeah. do you do what do you do right and there's so many more interesting things about us than what do we do for work i mean it's just but that's like what is and then inadvertently you always make a judgment about that like you yeah like not even consciously but obviously if somebody tells you what they do you're in your head you're making all sorts of assumptions or stereotype mm-hmm. stereotyping them even if you're not meaning to do that. It's just, it's very interesting. It's like a, also a, um, almost like a values-based system. Like once you tell me what you do, I now place a value on you. If you tell me, I mean, a long time ago, if you told me you were a police officer, it meant something very different than what it means today. Um, Same with a doctor or a nurse. And um, I think that you're right. When you said that there are assumptions that come with it, I have started, not freeing up that I'm a teacher because there is a group of people who might say that, you know, I'm underpaid and I should be paid more. But then there's a second group of people who are like, you are indoctrinating our kids with your woke ideas. And so, um, I, I don't, I don't often want to share that because, um, I I don't want those assumptions to be placed. Same. I mean, I'm in sales and people automatically assume that because I'm in sales, I am selling, people terrible things and I'm just out here just trying to make money right when in reality I leave so much money on the table because I do want to do <laughs> yeah. the right thing like I could be out here freaking making millions of dollars if I wanted to but like I don't do that because I want to do what's right for people but you can't say that all in one sentence no or and no. you can't just come out and be like oh yeah I sell health insurance but by the way I sell the good kind and I always make sure everybody's happy like I'm not a bad salesman yes. like you can't yeah. say that well 100% so I work um, for a behavioral health insurance company and I always say the thing that I like love about my company um, who I'm not going to uh, endorse here. But the thing that I love working about my company is we are legitimately like advocating for people. 
Like, if we know that somebody's off of work because they're in for what they call a supervisory referral, which is, you know, you've had some incident at work. I don't know. Uh, you sat out in front of somewhere that you worked and you were naked playing the bongo drums. Your supervisor might, like, send you to us and be like, hey, you might need to go see somebody for a sec just to make sure that you remember that you have to wear clothes in public. Sounds like my Wednesday um, night. <laughs> so it sounds like Matthew McConaughey's Wednesday night. That's where that story came from. But, um, but no, so, you know, I work for, like, this great company that we super advocate for people, and we try to get them back to work as soon as possible. But even that is, like, almost insane when I say that. Yeah. I like work for a behavioral health company that if somebody was in crisis at work we would work really hard to, to get, get them, them back, back to work. work but we do that because of the pay loss like right. for us it's a pay loss the employee is worried that if they don't get back to work quickly that they're going to lose their job you know some people are part-time they don't qualify for fmla um, or their companies are too small my husband is actually one of those companies um, he only has like 20 people that work for their company he doesn't have fmla what? Yes. So earlier this year, I don't know if you knew this, Amanda, but um, I know Rachel did, that Andy was in the hospital because um, he had vertigo. And we didn't know what it was. Like, he literally called me at work. He couldn't stand up. We had to call the ambulance to come get him because my husband's a big guy. Um, and I would have dropped him <laughs> very quickly. Um, so another friend of mine came and got Caleb, and he and I stayed at the hospital. So I'm working this whole entire time. Caleb's being watched. Andy's in the hospital. His boss is, like, keeping up. And I'm like, wow, it's really nice that his boss is keeping up. And then I find out that because my husband had eight days in a row off and doesn't qualify for FMLA, he had to qualify for short-term disability because he was about to lose his job. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So is short-term like, disability what they give you if you don't have the option of FMLA? So that just, that just took care of our pay. But if he was on short-term disability, there's, like, some protection ethical protections right. it's more like an ethical protection like you don't fire a guy that's disabled i guess yeah. um but it was like short term so they knew he would he was going to be capable of coming back but like what in the heck is going on that we're like hey you're literally in the hospital but we'd also like to know when they're going to discharge you and when you come back to work i would have to say that that is amazing that his company was concerned and wanted to do that because um, I know you came from the banking world and you guys had short-term disability, but like going back to like working moms in this, like, I'm going to call American industry because, um, we <laughs> like are it. so different. We don't have paid parental leave mm -hmm. of any type. And so, um, I find it interesting when I hear people talk about it, uh, sometimes I get a little, a little upset because, um, teachers don't have any, like we have zero paid leave. So, and the worst part about it is, is I, I had planned on having my kids in, um, June, they came early in April, but my leave had to start in February when I first started going into labor. And, um, I had to burn up all of my sick days, every bit of my personal time by like, you, I didn't have a choice and mm -hmm. I would have used it because, you know, I needed that money, but, um, after that, there's zero, zero leave. Like your pay just stops. You just don't get money after yeah. that. And so there are a lot of like, and I will say America is one of the worst. I forget what we ranked hundred something, whatever. Like it's we're awful, the only yeah. like, um, what a first world nation, um, that doesn't offer up this leave for parents, but, um, people are going into, um, like losing so much money because they can't afford to, bring home a child or there are women and I was a little bit shocked in order to keep my insurance only because we didn't know if the my husband's insurance company would take over the medical bills and it was literally $120,000 a week in the NICU um four weeks after delivering I had to go back to work because I had used up all of my FMLA and I wouldn't necessarily qualify for um any type of disability so I had to beg my doctor to um allow me to go back to work so that I could mm -hmm. continue getting insurance because I needed to work so many days because I knew that their NICU bills would devastate us. And I just thought to myself, here I am, like, I'm barely healed from that traumatic yeah, say, Your body is physically minimum. Six weeks healed. minimum, and no, it's usually 12 she, for a C-section. You're right, and she almost would not sign me to go back. And I said, but you need to understand that I have to do this in order to 
not go into massive medical debt. And she understood fully. Mm -hmm. And so she let me go back um, under certain parameters and everyone was very understanding. And then not long after that, I was like, I need to go back out because I can't do this anymore. I'm just crying all day. And, but the, the expectation also um, was that I should have been able to handle it, not by my doctor, but my, my workplace was very shocked when I was like, so I can't do this. Like I thought I could. And, but it was expected that I like be able to handle something like that. That's, I mean, that's like literally ridiculous. I can't even imagine that that's, I can't imagine having gone back four weeks after having Caleb. And I didn't feel bad about myself because I knew that there were women who were, having babies going back two weeks after having, because they worked jobs and had no money. Exactly. Like how in the, and I just thought to myself, how in the world, like it is illegal to pull um, puppies from a mom before eight weeks. And I just thought to myself, wow, it is common for, for mothers in our country. Mm -hmm. So to, in order to do this, like to, in order to make money. So when we talk about work-life balance, our system is not set up to help us um, create a balance because our country was kind of founded off of work, 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 build, build, build. And then it just never went away. I made the joke the other night. It's not like a, it's not like a joke, like a ha ha joke. It's a joke, like a (laughs) joke that, you know, we live in this society that's kind of like running around by the Auschwitz motto, um, motto, you know, that work will make you free. And we have no one's ever free, but no one's ever free. We're all like in some psycho, you know, mining town um, drama, you know, I owe my soul to the company store type thing. Um, I think, you know, at least for me, talking about this work-life balance and giving these examples is sometimes we get this impression that we have to have work-life balance, and if we don't, then we're doing something wrong. Like it's, it's like a medal to wear around our neck. The achievement, that article you sent really made me think about that. I was I was just going to bring up the article. So my company has this leadership email that goes out, um, every couple of days. It seems like actually there's two that go out and, um, a week. And one of the, uh, one of the articles in it recently was talking about how work-life balance is a cycle, not an achievement. And, um, it's an article from the Harvard business review um, it's written by Iona Lupo and Myra Ruiz Castro, and they talk about, you know, what can you do to A, protect your work-life balance um, to achieve it, but then B, recognizing that if you can't, that there are times that work has to come first. Rachel, just like what you were talking about, work had to come first, because if not, your family would have been in financial ruin. You mm-hmm. couldn't have taken care of the lives that you created. Yeah. You know, you and Mike are hard-working people it's not as though you know you're somebody that's sitting out hoping that somebody will pay for you right and you still had to go back at four weeks when you were unwell right like you didn't have that choice you had to pick work because you were picking your life by by default Right. want to preserve yeah. these lives. We would like for our children to survive, so I'm going to go to work. <laughs> my goal, and honestly, my goal was survival. For the, right. probably the first, like, six months, I was like, I just need to keep them alive. Oh, right. Well, that is, yeah, that is a lot. I can't even imagine with twins, for sure. But it is just survival. And I think it's interesting, too, because it's a good point. Like, sometimes you just have to. I mean, the first year that I was in business, I was working all the time. And Amelia was young, but I kept... I was home, and so I felt better about that. I left my corporate job when I think she was nine months old. Um, I just couldn't do it anymore. It was just too much. I was away all the time, and I was crying all the time, and it was just terrible. And again, it goes back to kind of like what you're saying, Laura, that me internally and as a human, I, I like to work hard. I like to be good at what I do. I like to be giving 100% in everything, and I had to learn that I just can't always mm-hmm. and that sometimes it's okay that work comes first, and other times it's okay that my family comes first. And it's just a matter of accepting that, though, because I think – I I struggled with that probably for the first like two or three years, I would say, of her life that it was like just I never felt like I was giving 100 percent at anything. And it's hard, especially when they're young and especially because I was basically doing everything on my own. So it's just it's a lot for sure. The the article, I was like yesterday years old (laughs) when I um, read the article and I was like, holy shit, like the the fact that it is actually a cycle. That was like the first time I ever thought of it is not an achievement and i've i've done my fair share of therapy and i will never shame anyone for being in therapy or for fixing yourself but i remember like therapy probably 10 years ago 
work-life balance was extremely um, difficult to achieve because also how we were saying, like when you meet people and you tell them what you do, um, my identity was tied to my profession. And so, and I got so much pride out of it. So the furlough hurt, but just in general, like I realized that my identity as a human being, which then also maybe tied into my worth was tied into who I was as a teacher. If I was good at my job, if I was doing well, if I felt like I was doing well. And so I learned to detach that. Um, and after I detached that is when I started trying to figure out work-life balance, but I thought it was always like this thing you must achieve. And once you achieve it, um, it's there and it never goes away. And then you have it and it's very like perfect and there's a line and it's not like, mm -hmm. it's very fluid. And like, there are times where like parent teacher conferences, my work-life balance and those like two or three days just sucks ass. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm bitter about it. And so since, I, since <laughs> I learned that I really was like working so hard for work-life balance, um, I protect it. And so mm -hmm. now that my kids forced me, to get it. I didn't have an option, right? Because I knew I had to get home to take care of them. So there was no more of this, like, I'll stay late and great. I'll do this. I'll do that. It was like, I have to get home because the nanny has to go. And now it is, I have to get home because the bus is coming and a, an adult figure has to be there to get them off the bus. Mm -hmm. And so now my work-life balance has morphed into this, like, really weird, like, fuck it, fire me, like, situation. <laughs> where like, yes, I have work-life balance because when something is, like, going in whichever way I'm like fuck it fire me I'm gonna fuck <laughs> like, and so now like I because that's the achievement I got to and so I feel like maybe I will move out of this like fuck it fire me stage and be like this is a cycle and right now I need to work a little harder with work and so they I, don't fucking fire me, they don't fucking fire me. <laughs> that's so funny no I mean but it is true and you have to just adjust I think it's everything in life I always say this everything in life is about balance and it's all about fluidity and just changing as things come yes. every, yes. one day is not going to be like the next and one week is not going to be like the next one year is not going to be like the next as our kids get older they're going to want less and less to do with us and then yeah maybe I will spend more time on, on my business I keep telling myself that because for me I have it's a little bit different for me since I am my own boss essentially and if I don't work I just don't make money and if I yeah. work I make more money so it, nobody I don't have to answer to anybody but myself which is good and bad because like I said I am an overachiever I like to do things very well and so I have to remind myself that like I'm still pretty young Amelia is going to be like in her teenage years before I know it and she's not going to want anything to do with me <laughs> I hope I'm, I'm not really I hope not but you know it's just gonna be different she's gonna have her own life too and like, then I can really start to focus and put those extra hours into my business whereas now like I have somebody that's in what I do and you know they always say oh like just tell your kids to just be quiet for a little bit. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, I don't want to parent that way. And, mm -hmm. I, and I'm not shaming anybody who does. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't want Amelia to have to say to me, like, mom, you're always working. Or mom, like, I want her to see me work. And she knows. And occasionally I do have to say to her, hold on one second, let me take this call or whatever the case may be. But it's not, that's that's the um, the exception. Like, that's not the rule. Like, right. usually I just would rather spend my time with her and work when she's at school. Um, but it is, it's ever changing. And every yeah. day is different and every week is different and I mean, that's just the hardest thing, especially I think for us, we're similar in that like we like a routine and we like a schedule and it's just, unfortunately you just can't always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll just, you know, share that we actually put Caleb in private school, not because we didn't think there was something great going on at the public school. We actually moved here three years ago to be in this district. Um, but which was, is the district I work. I was going to say it's Rachel's <laughs> district. Awesome. Um, it is awesome. It's one of the best districts around. But, you know, we had an issue with funding for transportation. Mm -hmm. I start work at 8 a.m. and I can't drop my kid off until 8.30. I was going to have to take PTO every single day. Yes. Oh, my god. For gosh. the first 30 minutes to go take him to school and then come back and work. And right now I work from home. Um, you know, and so we literally were like, okay, we found a private school that starts school at 7.55 and I can drop him off anytime after 7.30. So I drop him off as close to 7.30 as possible. So you can get back to start. And I come back here and then I get to come to work on time. I don't get off until 4.30. So unless there's like something special and I'm taking PTO for the afternoon, yeah. uh, he goes <laughs> to aftercare and aftercare stops at 5.30. Somebody has to be there to get him at 5.30. So at 4.30, I, you know, pack up as quickly as I can, jump in the car, you know, and drive and rush. half an hour to I... his school to go get him. And that's how we live. And, you know, it's awful because there's days where 
he knows that there's a chance that I might get to pick him up early. And he'll be like, Mom, are you going to get, do I get to be a car rider today? Oh. And it's like, I don't know, bud. I got to look at my meeting schedule. Or, yeah, you get to be a car rider today. But then I'm on the phone with somebody and I can't get out of here at the time I was scheduled. And so, you know, I'm two minutes late. And he doesn't know whether or not he has to go to after hours. And I hate those days. And if I focused on just that all the time, I would never feel, I would never be able to, like, make it. I always say, I can't be a stay-at-home mom. Stay-at-home moms, you guys are heroes Heroes. of another kind (laughs) because, you know, when I'm having a bad day at work, I get to go home and I can be super mom. When I'm feeling like a crappy mom because, you know, I didn't get to pick my kid up early or I was late for, you know, picking him up that day if he was car rider, then I get to go to work the next day and I get to be an awesome employee. So I always get some kind of satisfaction. Um, Stay-at-home moms don't get that at all. So, you know, I feel for them. But, you know, looking at this article, one of the moms talks about, you know, that there was this major mental shift after she had her kids. And they have to denormalize this expectation for work, 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 work. Because it's more about, it doesn't jive with who I am now. Now I'm a mom. Now I have something else that's going on. And you can replace mom with, I'm an athlete. You can Mm -hmm. replace mom with, I'm a person with a chronic illness. Or I'm starting a band. Or I'm going back to school. Hint, hint. (laughs) Um, You know, but whatever it is. And then, you know, allowing yourself to feel your emotions and being able to acknowledge, like, what's going on with that. I know, Rachel. (laughs) Rachel hates feelings. That's so You're just like, no, I'm not feeling anything. I don't feel like feeling this right now because I'm busy. Oh, my gosh. I hate that. Sometimes it'll creep up on me. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not doing this right now. Please save it for later. it's not the right time, I'm like, in the middle of teaching a lesson, I'm like, I cannot have feelings right now. We are talking about Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, girl. And you know, I used to teach the disciplinary kids when I was in Texas. And my license didn't transfer, by the way. I didn't, like, do anything bad. My license just didn't transfer (laughs) (laughs) when I got up here. You should have left it at, I can't teach anymore right? yeah. and she just <laughs> left it there freaked all of, all of the uh, the five people who will listen to this uh, <laughs> trying not to freak you out yes. <laughs> we're not listening to that podcast anymore yeah. they're anti-american and one of them can't even be a teacher <laughs> can't even be a teacher in texas one of the state's Whoop. lowest education school you could well. go to florida i could go to, florida, could go to florida, south florida south carolina Love y'all, Florida. Love y'all, South Carolina. Especially y'all, Florida, with your Florida men. Ooh, I love me some Florida men. They're just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me that somebody has seen Shane Smith's uh, stand-up com- uh, comedy show where he talks about the guy that robbed the Wendy's with an alligator. No, oh, my God, no. Yeah, it's like a real thing. Everybody is going to Google that now. Yeah. Google Shane Smith, S-H-A. All the five people are currently Googling the man that robbed. It's a real news story, just in case you wanted to know. When Shane Smith was doing a, uh, a comedy searching. tour, I was going to say, pull it up. It's uh, Shane Smith with a Y in the middle. But when Shane was doing a show down there, he literally talks about, like, it was on the newspaper. And he was like, I'm sorry, am I, what? This man, like, straight up robbed a Wendy's with an alligator that was in the back of his car. He went through the drive through window, and he chucked a live alligator into no. the Wendy's. Yes! Oh, my God. I All think right. I see it. It did pop up. Like, wait, like, like, now we to was it a baby alligator? <laughs> baby? Or was it, like... I don't remember if it was a baby, but it was, was like, it a three-foot-long oh alligator. Oh, like, like, he threw, and he threw it through the window? Where did he get the alligator? I have so many questions. That was... I was going to say... Okay, so in other parts of the world... Um, alligators are probably far more. I learned that oh. Texas is so normal for alligators oh, just to yeah. be chilling in your backyard. <laughs> My husband thought it was like a big fish. Yeah, that's a no. <laughs> he just went out and caught this alligator and said, like, I have so many questions about the thought process. Like, I guess <laughs> I'm going to go out here. Here's this alligator. My choice of weapons to rob would not typically include a live animal, let alone one that could probably injure me. Right. I wonder like, if okay, we could so get Florida I... Man on this podcast. Yeah, right. Like, Florida Man, it... if you are a Florida Man, I would, or you know a Florida Man <laughs> who has a similar robbing a Wendy's with an alligator Or uh, any story. animal, for or that any matter. Animal. Or even just, like, a really weird weapon. Um, anybody from the Florida Man, go ahead and email us at so I had a thought pod at gmail.com and uh, we would really like to interview for uh for one of our episodes because i just gotta be honest i think we should chuck the whole serious work-life balance thing and just talk about 
I just have one more thing, though, because, okay, so let's just say, hypothetically speaking, that this man knew this alligator, okay? Because, like, what? who's just out here picking up a wild alligator? Like, he that knew feels the crazy alligator. To me. Like, he knows the alligator. alligator. And then he threw your pet away? <laughs> Are you kidding? Like, that's such a sacrifice. Like, you raised this pen. alligator, and now you're just going to throw it away. You think he just picked up a wild and alligator and was like, come, little buddy, we shall steal from the Wendy's. Honestly, Wendy's, I think Wendy's, there were a lot of drugs involved. Oh, okay, yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's not in our life, really, so we would Do yourself <laughs> a favor. Just go go out on the interwebs the inter- and just Google. I know, I'm old. Um, <laughs> and just Google Florida man and today's date. Or the date of your birthday, and I guarantee you there will be at least oh yes because two like articles the crazy crap that they do like some Florida man did something on either today today's date or your birthday people and oh there was gosh, like a really? um, a trend people were doing this they were doing oh yeah like, it was like a whole thing Florida man and then their birthday but they were doing this because right, we're gonna do it, it was live like on ridiculous um, ridiculous what a, what a, why can't I find words the headlines <laughs> were like. Florida man steals chicken eggs from toddler while shopping. Or ah, wait, wait, listen to this one. Stop, 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 stop. Florida man charged with battery after slapping girlfriend with cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's mine. Y'all ready? Yeah. Florida man dies in explosion after attempting to microwave a microwave. <laughs> this is good. Okay, this is my birthday. Florida man offered to pay officer with hamburger for oral sex. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, bro, you can get this BJ if you give me that cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> this, hold on. Florida man sprays woman with roach spray, breaks out nunchucks over loud music. Wow. Wow, that's intense. Battery by pizza. Mm. A shark crash on I-95 and a reminder not to call the police to report your missing marijuana money. (laughs) This is this is from the Miami New Times. All three of those stories in one article. I mean this could be me if you replaced it. Florida man arrested after aggressively eating handfuls of pasta <laughs> while intoxicated. Yeah, right. That's that might have been. I'm um, just telling you now I am not, nor have I ever been a man and or a resident of Florida. <laughs> but same. That's hilarious. <laughs> I can't even take it. God. Oh, oh boy. That was like a massive left turn. Yeah, for all the times I've been in Florida, I never knew that like these four, I mean, listen, I've had, I've had some pretty crazy matches in Florida. I'll tell you. I never use Bumble, but I use Bumble when I travel. It's easier and it's just funny. These people are wild down there. These men are different. They're a different breed. So I guess it makes sense. But it's, cool. um, we were talking about like different kinds of rednecks because being from Texas, we are one and so <laughs> we're talking about like I have like a dad that's like the cowboy redneck and then I have like good old boy redneck and then I have like fancy redneck which is one of my brothers I will not tell you who haha um, I'll tell you guys but we're not telling them they'll just fight over it um, and Florida men are swamp rednecks that sounds terrible. It's swamp rednecks. That does sound terrible. Yeah, that's like anything with a swamp. Like it reminds me of Shrek, and like I'm out. <laughs> well, I mean, there's you're that's not a no wrong. for me. Yeah, that's a no for me. Unless donkeys come in, like I'm out. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> then at least you're entertained. Oh my goodness. Hey, and in the morning he's making waffles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really sorry that I said that, folks. Oh my gosh. Oh, Florida is a special funny. place. Florida is a special place. I need oh to go my back. Gosh. I was born in Florida. Back. You guys probably don't know that about me. No, I didn't. No, know yeah. That. So. My parents were in the military. My dad was in the military. And, um, yeah, so, like, there's this, like, little part of me that, like, really wants to, like, connect to my Florida roots. And I was like, I could go live there someday. And there's a lot of reasons why I don't want to live there. But, um, yeah, I was born there, moved to Georgia. I spent a lot of time in the South. But somehow, like, Northern life is, like, it was probably, like, my most, like, influential, the time period. Yeah, but... Hmm. Definitely born there. And the Amanda is a person. Bucks fan. Yes, I'm in Florida often. I'm going in two two weeks, three weeks. Yes. Yeah, I didn't renew my season tickets though for this year. Um, my Mastiff Rescue is auctioning off season tickets. Oh really? To yes. help with money. Yeah. That's cool. Because mm. uh, you guys know that Amazon Smile is like discontinued now. 
It is? It discontinues at the end of February. Um, yeah, they're no longer doing it. They said it didn't have the impact that they were hoping it would have. Mm. So, like, m- both of my rescues um, have, like, huge donations. I say huge donations, but, like, I don't know. My husband and I, I think, donated, like, $700 last year through just Amazon Smile purchases. Oh, wow. And, like, they're losing that. So, somebody that lives in Florida that's part of the rescue donated... Um, season ticks to the bucks. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I'll, when you see that on Facebook, Amanda, I'll yeah. make sure to tag you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, please do. Rolling in the dough. Oh, speaking of work-life balance, I'm literally off today. Um, took today off because my kid's off because it's George Washington's birthday. You didn't birthday. have the day off? No. Oh, no, no, no. I we thought like everybody did. Same. Mine is no, like retail. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, they don't. People don't. <clears throat> no, we don't. We get six holidays a year. This isn't one of them. Um, but, you know, it's anyway, but I'm literally getting text messages from work. It's like, yo, I'm so sorry to bother you, but do you have a minute? That's My boss, that. like, completely forgot I was out just like over and over again. I'm sitting over here. My phone's just going off with like Teams messages and all kinds of things. And I'm like, yep. I'm recording a podcast. We're just going to turn that on over. I was trying <laughs> to look up articles it. on fire it. Me, fire me. Yeah. <laughs> fire me. Freaking fire me. <laughs> no, but I had to. So I've been doing this business for a long time and I, about five years now, and I, just in June had to get a new phone like I've always done it on one phone but I found that I was really having a hard time turning it off like I couldn't because yeah. if I see it come through like if I see one of my clients messages me I have to answer it like it's like I can't control it so I had to get another phone that way I can like put it like just put it to the side and not pay attention to it when I want to be off because otherwise I'm always on I always say like I'm always working and I'm never mm-hmm. working because yeah. it's like I'm always just wanting to answer people and typically I do just answer them right away it's easier for me than like trying to make a list and think about what else, like what else I have to do but yeah, I've had to get a separate phone because it's just too much. Like, and then Smart. people will call me. Listen, here's the thing: people call me to call me three times in a row, right? I call back. That's and like I, the signal for an emergency, by yes. the way. Yes, yeah, that's, that's a nine one one call. Double call so, my yes. husband. That's it's an emergency. Like the three third times. time, you better pick it up. Right, you so I answer. Pick it up. I'll answer, yeah. and or I'll call mm-hmm. them back, and I'll say, "Oh my gosh, are you okay? What's the emergency? What's happening?" Yes. And they're like, "Oh, well, I just need to know this." I'm like, "Okay, well." I always get back to you, right? Like, I have to train my clients because I'm like, I literally respond to them so quick that sometimes I think I do a disservice to you myself. You are a very they, like, quick texter backer. Yes. I like, like, I don't like any notifications on my own. literally, can I just tell you, how, I wonder how many notifications that I have right now. Yeah, no, I cannot take that. Um, or I emails, cannot take that. I should say. Nope. I, notifications? I like to show people oh, no. who freak I out. Notifications. Right now, actually, this is really good because I did clean out my mailbox. 1,634 oh, no. unread oh, no. messages in my email. But I did update my apps and I had 178 last week and no, now only have too insert heavy breathing here yes. <laughs> i can't take it no i definitely like to respond yeah quick because for me i'm such like a like a doer and i'm so like i just want to get things done and so when i see something come through i'd much rather respond to it than thinking in my head about how i have to respond to it and then what i'm going to say and then all these things and i'm thinking oh man like so anyway my point is that my clients that do that to me is probably my fault because i answer them right away but i'm just like listen i get back to you so quickly like if you're calling me three times in a row like and i'm not answering it's because Someone i'm busy be like coming. i right like yeah. and even then i can't help you call 911 like what do you for me oh gosh. <laughs> like, i don't I know the stories yeah. about that one yep oh but anyway so like i'm just like yeah i had to get a separate phone because it's just too much when you're sitting here and you're trying to do something and then you see it pop through and then you can't like you're already it's already ruined then like it's mm-hmm. like you're sitting yeah. here probably just thinking in the back of your head like oh my gosh oh like, no it's like, i'm not see oh see well then so, you do better than me because well no no, no it. it's funny because we're talking about boundaries and like one of the things that i had to get to the point of doing is saying like i can't help you with that right now um like so do you guys follow Elise Myers? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, I do, but so not as, yeah. Love Elise Myers. And she has this whole thing where she talks about, like, when somebody says something negative about you, you can literally say, like, I do not accept that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. her, like, right, yes, because I was like, ooh, I like that. I do not accept that. And I was like, I do not accept a lot of things. Rachel's out here not accepting anything. I yeah. <laughs> do you need to... I really need to come into your classroom. I do not accept that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no. Like, I kind of adopted, like, that mindset of, okay, I can see it. I register it. So I know it's there. And then I hide the notification. Again, if you call me two or three times, somebody better be dying. And even then, I'm questioning why you're calling me. I can't do anything about that. But, like not responding to emails, not responding to text message, not responding to the teams. Like I, when I started working from home, I stopped taking lunches. I started work early. I finished work late. Um, I would come home and right now, if you go in there, my work computer is literally unplugged from the wall so that it cannot give me like messages and things because otherwise I will sit there and I'll check my messages right, at 11 yeah. o'clock at night and I'm working. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I had no balance. So right. one of the ways that I got myself just like a little bit of balance, it's not a lot. I don't just, I'm very unbalanced. Maybe six. Um, <laughs> but one of the ways that I did that is just to say like, I'm not going to check that and answer it. If it's an emergency, you'll yeah. text me. Right. I had to take email off my phone for a while because I found myself um, doing too much. And you know what? I, for a long time, I did not take my lunch. I worked through my lunch. Mm-hmm. I tried to use my time as efficiently as possible to take home less grading. And that's what I sort of used as an excuse um, to give myself more work-life balance. But then I noticed like that break in the day, um, I needed it. Mm-hmm. I used to take that 30-minute uninterrupted lunch and um, I didn't for a long time. And now I'm just like, yeah, my brain has to stop. Like, it needs a little bit of break um, in yeah. order to, like, be able to function for the second half of the day, it's especially because your food is digesting. Right. <laughs> well, you're, yeah. a better, you're a better worker. You're but Just like anything, you're a better parent, you're a better worker, you're a better friend when you give yourself a break and you recharge. Yeah. Like, just like mm-hmm. with anything. I mean, I when I worked in the corporate world, I would always take – and my direct manager did not. Like, she never – she had – very little to no work-life balance. I would never take a lunch. And so everybody kind of expected me to always be on. And even if I were in the building and I was on lunch, people would come and talk to me and ask me yes. questions. And I would say, I'm on lunch. But it still got to the point where then I just feel like a bitch because I'm not helping. Mm-hmm. And right. especially because my direct manager was always on. And I, I started leaving. Every for, every day for lunch, I'd left. Every yeah, it's single like you don't day. have a choice. I just had to leave. I, even yeah. if I was sitting out of my car, I was like, I need to get Dead out of here because I need, yeah. yeah, like you you need to remove yourself. And then I come back and I'm ready. I'm refreshed. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. I don't right. get burnt out. I'm not exhausted. I'm ready. Like it's, but you that, just do better when you can fill your own cup. I would get lot. sheet masks and I would sit in my car and put sheet masks on my face so that people couldn't see you? No, no, no. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, <was hiding. laughs> I don't know that Rachel's ever put a sheet mask on. I don't know what a sheet mask, know what a sheet mask is either. What are you oh, saying? It's like the little mask that, like, you can look in my refrigerator. I have them in my refrigerator right now. They're like the ones that you can take out, and they're literally like a sheet that you can put on, and then you just take the sheet off of your face and then, like, rub the serum in. Oh, so okay. it's not like you have to have like is a it whole cold? Setup. So it was self care. Um, you were in your self-care. car doing self-care. I was in my car doing self care, but like literally, yeah, they're if you put them in the refrigerator, they're cold. Otherwise, they're just <laughs> I saw normal. someone in their parking oh, lot gosh, in a car with a so sheet funny. mask on. I would literally lose my mind. I think I would walk by with a golf clap. Like, yeah, like you go, girl. <laughs> Do you have your break room? A episode. <laughs> no, no, no. Because like, if you're in the building, somebody no, yeah. will. You, you cannot right. escape. You and cannot escape. That's at all. like what I was going to to say to you. Like having a boss that works like that. That creates a culture and an expectation. Hundred percent. And he, I would always say, okay, so I. This is, I don't mean this to sound conceited, but I am confident in that whatever I do, I usually do a, a good job. I'm mm-hmm. usually good at what I do. Yeah, you are good and at a lot of things. So it's like, I know I'm doing a good job, but the level to which my direct manager did everything, I still felt like even if I was giving 110%, I was actually only giving 50. Right. And that was so hard for me because I had to like really talk to like, like process myself and be like, listen, I know that I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And just because I'm not willing to work a hundred hours doesn't mean that like, I'm still doing my 40, 45. I'm still doing the best that I can do when I'm there. And I need to just accept that. And like, that's okay. But it is really hard when you work with somebody who it's almost unhealthy the way that they do things. And then yeah. you start to feel like I'm not doing enough, even though really they're doing too much and you're doing just the right amount yeah I mean that that um corporate culture is sometimes a wonderful thing because it I think standardizes a lot of practices that some of the smaller employers get away with things that you know there's a standard practice in corporate world but the downside of that is that there really is corporate culture and that culture is really definitive about who stays who goes who's hired who's fired um I just recently was in trauma therapy with this wonderful therapist. Um, thank you, Dr. Hartman. Um, Mm -hmm. but she, you know, really kind of got me to this place where I think our parents' generation was, they were those people that were like at the same company for their whole lives, but they had a pension to look back on. Loyalty, like company loyalty. Yeah. And you know, companies now, like they want that same loyalty, but they're not giving that same energy. Like I don't get a pension. It's not the longer that I work there, the more my retirement is. It's, I put my money in my retirement account. And when I put my money in my retirement account, I get what I paid in. Now, if you added to it, that's a wonderful bonus, but like you're not giving me a pension for the rest of my life. That doesn't equal loyalty. Does not equal lo- loyalty. And so, you know, she was really like, you know, you, she told me go on an interview every single year. 
Like, it's just a self-confidence booster. I do. I now have a resume out there. I tell my boss, I have a resume out there. Like, if my dream job walks across the, the field, I'm going to chase it down, and I'm going to, you know, mate with it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know where that came from. I'm sorry. Mate I'm with weird. it. Stop. I'm going to, like, mate with it. That's um, hilarious. I love that. <laughs> and make a little cute offspring. Yes, make offspring. Um you know, but like that, that's like a whole thing. So, you know, when my boss doesn't take lunch and talks about how she doesn't take lunch and the other management is talking about how they don't take lunch and how they're working at seven o'clock at night, I then, um, if anybody's outside of the U.S., then you may or may not know that in the U.S., salary workers are expected to work above and beyond our 40 hour traditional work week. Um, but we don't get paid for that. Just like mm-hmm. Rachel works summers and breaks and all kinds of things, but she doesn't get paid for that. She has a 10-month uh, salary. And so, you know, there's this whole kind of, it's not good enough to be good enough at your job. Right. You it's have not, to go right. above and beyond. Which I think it's <clears throat> absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Like, nobody is out here, like, complimenting people or saying, like, you do really great job at balancing work and life like nobody says that right like if you and I think we should normalize saying that more often right. because it's like yeah I mean I think the only um credit or acknowledgement you get is when you do go way above and beyond because now for sure the way that things are happening it's like everybody does has to be better at their job to be good at their job or yeah. however you just said it was perfect but I think that like then that's the only way you get recognized or get achieved or get promotions oh Whereas, and like, that's like the bare minimum right like your performance evaluation you're still not getting it's not as though you get the perfect evaluation because you went over and, and above right. there's still right. somewhere on there where they have decided you can improve and oh it's like gosh. oh and they well, say maybe that, if I would they have to do that uh-huh. I've been told that by multiple um, times you have to justify supervisors where we have a very weird system <clears throat> excuse me um of my evaluation is not just my work in the classroom and I it took me a lot of years of therapy and work to realize like I'm actually a really fucking good teacher and I know <laughs> that about myself and I'm confident in what I do so um, it feels very seamless. I do think that I was like born to be a teacher. Um, so it, it comes very easy for me. But my evaluations, you will never, ever, ever find me with a um, absolutely perfect evaluation. One, because they can't. They only mm-hmm. give out so many. And I was like, well, that's kind of bullshit. But then two, part of my evaluation actually goes with the building scores on standardized tests. So for a large portion of my um, career, I was in a school district where my building um, was not doing very well as a whole. Mm -hmm. So like what other teachers are doing in their classroom goes on my evaluation. And truth be told, I'm now teaching students who don't speak English. um, So they are going to fail every single fucking test. Standardized test. But that test, their tests go onto my evaluation. And I, I I don't care. I don't care about standardized tests. I will tell everyone that. But um, I literally hold such little weight on evaluations anymore because I, what I do every day, I don't care. Walk into my classroom and watch me and you will see everything um, that I am as a teacher. So I have zero concerns about losing my job over an evaluation because some of them literally are absolute bullshit. So yeah, so I work for um, a health system here in the area and dead serious, if you there is a three-point scale. Yeah. You either get a 1, 1.5, 2, 2.5, or 3. A 2 is meets expectations. And you probably have to go ridiculous above and beyond for that 3. And So I was told, dead serious, that anything above that 2, which, again, is not a perfect score, and this is all tied to, like, my pay scale, Um, but anything above that 2, they have to justify like, they have to give specific examples. Oh, yeah, we do, too. I'm like, yeah. wait a second. Like, isn't the whole isn't the whole thing that, like, I should get a perfect score if I meet expectations? Right. If I meet your expectations right. as an employee, that I should, should get be a perfect, perfect. score. Yes. Like, but yes. there's, like, two whole levels above that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, that is no, if you meet my expectations, you are mediocre. You are Thank mediocre. You. You're like, mediocre that's, at that's best. That's so true. Like, you're literal, that's literally what these companies are telling us. If yes. you meet expectations, like, right. that is still not good enough. Yeah. I mean, I think this same thing about like social stuff right so we have like a social committee social committee it's all in their own time 
it used to be, I don't know what the funding is anymore, but whenever I was on the social committee, it was like we paid for the the party or whatever it was. Like we would go out and buy decorations right. on our lunchtime and then come back after we got off work and work until like six or seven decorating um, so that people could literally have like a swing by, not even like an organized like here, take two hours for your party, but like literally like come grab some lunch, walk through our decorated hallway and then go sit back at your desk and finish what you were doing, but also be social because if you're not, you're not part of our culture. And I flat out told my, um, my supervisor this last year, who happens to be the president of our company, that I resent that. I resent being made to feel as though I need to be social as part of my job. Yes. I am kind to everyone. I always get great marks. I'm great at teamwork. I love teamwork. I know I'm like one of those weird people. Um, I often end up in leadership roles within it. I'm somebody that people in our company come to. I'm somebody that people in my life come to for advice. Right. Not because I'm, like, great at anything, but just, you know, I think I have that ability to talk to people. And so I do all of those things. But if I don't show up to the potluck... Yeah. To eat people's, like, whatever and they make. And half of this shit and I can't eat because I'm gluten-free. <laughs> say? Like, you always yeah. fucking buy pasta. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Pizza. Like, is anything else? Yes. I'm like, is there a side salad? Can yes. I have a yes. side salad? Yeah. yeah. No, but that's extra. But you can pay for your own. Yes. Um, you know, if I don't show up to the potluck to eat people's questionable potted meat, like, all of a sudden... <laughs> I'm like not not with a corporate culture and I'm like do you really want a corporate culture that is based on whether or not I eat people's meat like (laughs) that just seems like such a weird thing I don't know if y'all have heard that song but you can't eat at everybody's house (laughs) I think too that's part of like when we talk about work-life balance how many people like I now I will say I long to work at home but my only experience teaching at home was during the pandemic and there was so much fucking ugly crying like (laughs) i literally during lockdown until the end of the year i ugly cried so much and and my husband's a teacher so we were like switching back and forth and the twins were only two so that was pretty terrible no that's a terrible number number of like times that my kids melted down in the middle of a lesson um i can probably count on more than two hands Um, but I long for sometimes like working from home because I think, oh my gosh, like in between like this, I could switch the laundry and that is a huge feat in itself. You think that that's how it's going to go, but it is not. And so, well, I was also like looking at some random article. I couldn't even tell you what it was, but I'm sure you can Google the topic, but, um, a bunch of companies are trying to bring their people back into yes. the workplace because they think that there's this culture that everybody needs and wants. And I'm like, we don't have to be friends with our coworkers. We have to have a good yeah. working relationship. The basis of my job is a good working relationship. But they're trying to bring workers back into the buildings um, for various reasons. But one of them, they keep citing this culture that we need to be a part of. And I, I'm just so... Like, my my thoughts go all over the place because I think to myself, like, I go to work, I turn my brain on whenever I enter the building, and I have worked very hard to be able to do this, Mm -hmm. and a lot of planning has, you know, happened, and then when I leave the building, I mentally turn my brain off, and unless there's something glaringly important that, like, the superintendent is calling me or texting me, because we all text now, we don't call. If I get a phone call from somebody serious, (laughs) I'm not answering it, and I'm concerned, but I'm texting other friends, yes. I'm like, why are they calling me? Like, Like, this is weird. Why couldn't they send a text? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But um, I think that like this, we started to build this separation and I, I feel like it's like a this reach that like you can't, you cannot have this separation. You're not just an employee. Any, any job, there's a huge push. I think um, our generation, the people younger than us for sure oh, are yeah. pushing this where like I'm just employed. I'm doing what is expected and what is expected is what's in my job description. And no, I'm not going to call you at 9 30 at night and discuss blah 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 or even just like people trying to take off work and thankfully like I don't have this issue anymore but I have friends that do and it's like they don't even want to ask off even Mm -hmm. though they have hundreds of hours of PTO yeah hundreds of hours but they don't want to ask off because of the implication or the assumption that's going to be made that they don't want to work I don't understand why are you giving me PTO if you don't want me to take it yeah like I and honestly first of all they're not giving PTO you're You're earning earning okay right, right right sure but I just mean, like, it's just insane because, and then 
you again I go back to you come back more refreshed you come back a yeah. better version of yourself other and like, countries use up all of it right all, all of, of it yeah. and it's like glorified it's glorified if yes. you have like 500 hours in your PTO bank like you are just t- did you know employee. so again I am obviously the one that is spending way too much time on social media and Netflix but um have you guys seen Emily in Paris I watched the first season. I couldn't get oh into it. Oh, my God. It. I am so... I I'm no. obsessed. I will just tell you, I binge it, like, in a day when it comes out. It's it's really Anything bad. murder or comedy, but, um, count me in. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I'm obsessed with it. And, um, you know, they talk in there. They're like, oh, it's illegal to work on the weekend in France. Like, work when you're supposed to be off. And I'm like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, it's a TV show. But then, of course, because Facebook works this way, um, I started seeing, like, BuzzFeed articles on, like, the difference like things that people who don't live in the u.s think are weird right right. and there was this one guy that was talking about how like i think he lived i can't remember if he lived in like germany or austria or whatever and he was like we think it's insane we would never think of taking a job with a company that gave us less than two months a year two months Yes. Is that counting like I know no, July? No, that's not like, counting other... sick days. That's not counting like personal mental health days. That is like you have to leave this building and go away. Wow, that's We're shocking to me. Year. Now, granted, people will think that teachers just get we all get paid over the summer, oh, right? We that. don't. <clears throat> Excuse me, we don't get paid over the summer. Um, I'm getting paid money that I've already earned. Like I get zero dollars for any days over the summer. I'm just really getting a check for earned previously earned money but actually the district i'm in now they don't do that so after june i get one big check um and then and that's for the days that i've already worked but one of the things that teachers get or don't get is a lot of time off because we have the summer off mm-hmm. we get 10 sick days 10. yeah i remember you telling me that 10 that's sick wild. days and um we get to the point where like where our girls go to a different district and we're looking at it we're like oh my god look at all these days that they're off okay next year like my husband and i have to play this like back and forth of who takes off when the kids are sick because i'm only down to four sick days and what if i get this or what if i get and now when it with COVID in the mix everyone is um you have to take your sick days if you get COVID. so then you you get into like a situation if you run out of sick days and then I mean, hell, the parents who came back after having babies, if they start after the start of the year or they come back halfway through the year, they have zero sick days with an infant. Like, it's just our our time accrued in any job, I would say, most jobs, does not allow for that work-life balance. It doesn't set you up for success no. for that work-life balance. No, I mean, in the historian sphere, you know, there's this real talk of the United States has obviously gotten very polarized in the last couple of years. I don't want to get too into politics here um, because that's just something like it's never fun to talk about. But, um, you know, they've started talking about, you know, the U.S. is kind of like due for this revolution period. There's a lot of divide. Like, what's going to start it? And I literally looked at my husband one day and I was like, um, I mean, it could literally be anything. Yeah. It could be labor because we have shitty labor conditions. Oh, my gosh, It yeah. could be religion because we have super, super, like, extremism in religion. It could be military because we have a giant military. Um, it could be political. Like, it could be so many different types of revolution. But one of the things that's really sad to me is labor, like, really we're supposed to be like where you come for like your dreams coming true blah 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 but then when you start talking to people about their jobs i never hear anybody that's just like i have the best job in the whole wide world i'm totally secure totally comfortable i make more than enough money um i have more than enough time with my family friends gym vacation travel time whatever um and the more that i talk to people it's it's not because we are highly hard to satisfy. No, yeah. We're literally just wanting to not be called mediocre if we're a decent employee. Right. Or to have to, like, die at our job. Like, Mm -hmm. in the sense of, like, all of our hours for all of our days happen at our job and not our family. And I think part of what did force work-life balance and what I think about... um, as that comes up in my brain is the fact that 
you could die and your job is going to go on. It will continue. Yep. They will find another teacher to put in my classroom and that will go on. But my family will not go yep. on. And my family will feel the weight of that. And so when I feel like I'm struggling with work-life balance, I will always choose my family. I would rather be yelled at by my supervisor for fucking up in some way than like sitting on the couch ignoring my girls during like a moment that could become like a core memory um as opposed to like dying in my job and just feeling like I'm doing so well and I think that's where America does have it wrong like other countries they're doing it right and they're they they have a foundation built over of whatever um because we don't have it here but I think that that's where part of what will break us because we have far too many Americans and I think it's more than we even know who are not able to have that balance because they can't pay their bills. Right. Yeah. Like it's I can I can say I'm getting work life balance and I'm working so hard at this and I'm doing so well at it because I have the luxury that I can pay my fucking bills. Oh like, absolutely. There are people who cannot pay their bills. They don't have the luxury of searching out work life balance because their wage does not pay enough. Like how in the world do we have people who, if they lose one paycheck, they're going to get evicted or they can't feed their families? Like, How it, do we have people who aren't missing paychecks who still can't feed their families? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, how in the world is this, like, the country where we have, like, you know, come and all your dreams come true and we're struggling? Like, it's just, it's just mind-blowing to me. Yeah. It is, but I think this is a good opportunity to uh, use your motto, Rachel, and we'll just all be like, fuck it, fire me. Fuck it, fire me. <laughs> I love it. I'll just go fuck fly it, somewhere, me. be a bartender on a beach, and hey, it'll hey, be fine. Our kids will grow up with their you know, toes in the water and ass in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all they'll be. Well, I think um, it's a good place to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Thanks for too. listening to the first episode, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.